Hi, and welcome back to Decolonizing Research Through Podcast as Storytelling. I'm your host, Jessica Hum, and I'm back today with a podcast interview with our guest, Dr. Elder Albert Marshall from Unamaki, also known as Cape Breton in Nova Scotia. Um, as a brief intro, Elder Albert is the highly regarded spokesperson for the Mi'kmaq elders of Unamagi on environmental issues. He brought forward the concept of etwap monk, or two-eyed seeing, as a guiding principle for the Integrative Science Program at Cape Breton University, where he received an honorary doctorate in 2009. In our conversation, Albert speaks about two-eyed seeing, along with the Mi'kmaq principles of Nidukulimk, or sustainability, and Mitsit Nogamak, or all my relations. Albert is very passionate about his work in advocating for the integration of Eurocentric education systems with Indigenous and particularly Mi'kmaq ways of knowing. I first met Albert as part of the Dalhousie College of Sustainability lecture series, his third such lecture, back in February of this year. I was a student assisting the organizing of a workshop called Transformative Politics of the Wild with Dr. Andrea Olive from U of T and Dr. Karen Baisley from Dalhousie's School for Resource and Environmental Studies. Um, Albert and I kept in touch and for this podcast interview, we spoke by phone early in the month of April. And so here is our conversation. Good morning, Albert. Yes, how are you? I'm doing great, yeah. And yourself, too? Wonderful. I'm wondering if you could uh, describe a bit more some early practices of Nidukulimk and ways that you find balance in your environment. Yeah, well, see, uh, in our understanding, Nidukulimk, of course, is much richer than uh, how one goes about sustaining themselves. It's really... Uh, it's really uh, an objective in which it constantly reminds you, yes, you do have a privilege to be able to sustain yourself utilizing the gifts of the Creator. But, over and up, but over, over, overall, uh, you also are constantly reminded, reminded that as you are going about sustaining yourself, you have no right to compromise the ecological integrity of the area, nor, in this, in this era, compromise the cleansing capacity of the system. As well, uh, you also have, you also are reminded that your responsibility in your short period of time here, that your actions, will always be uh, done in a way in which it would also um, create an opportunity for the future generations as to how they might be able to sustain themselves as well uh, to continue to live, live, uh, live with nature by studying it, by learning it, and by, by, by uh, observing it because Unless one is somewhat intimately connected
your to your to your to your environment, then it's very very difficult for one then to 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 uh, to look at it from an Aboriginal perspective, which is natural world is alive. It is physical and it's spiritual, and everything that we do onto it ultimately will will affect us or impact us because again uh, it, it is something that is alive it's something that is that part of that word nidical reminds you on an, on an ongoing basis that uh, we, we are we are so interconnected interdependent with that and that that we are not the superior being here but rather very small part and parcel of it but on, but at the same time, I believe we have to remind ourselves that with all with the rest of all the creatures, we're the only ones that have a cognitive mind. And with that cognitive mind, we have the ability at times to transform our natural world to our advantages, to our to our own use, to our own greed. Now, as an Aboriginal person. We 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 are remind we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis whether you call it a reaffirmation, mm. you know, uh, of what your or the inherent responsibilities are. Because I think it's very very easy in this in this in this day of age, with all the automations, with all the uh, luxuries etc. and other stuff, for us to be able to forget why we are here and what our responsibilities are here. So for us, it's a little more, little more, little more, little more, not simpler, but easier because we, 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 that's, that's part of something that is very much inherent in our culture that have to remind ourselves on a, on a daily basis of how, of how, of how susceptible, how, how vulnerable we are and what our responsibilities are. So, Nedugulim can is not just uh, how one goes about sustaining themselves, but rather uh, something in which how you will how will you how will you will conduct yourself, how you will how you will uh, take how you will become then the eye, the ear, and the voice for the ones that they cannot defend themselves in the human form. Yeah. That's, that's a short version. <laughs> that's fantastic, Albert. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that, Albert? Like ways of, of reaffirming your connection and your balance to Nidukulam? Well, you see, um, since this modern earth or natural world is alive. Therefore, um, we use the word, as you, as you probably might have heard it, we use the word, I'm mm-hmm. All, all my relations. Mm-hmm. So, when you, when you think about, when you, when, when you're under the, not influence, but when you're under the, mm-hmm. under, under the, under the mindset of medical, 
and every living thing and and every living thing you know you you have you have some sense of responsibility for that because uh, as as this word implies that in interconnectivity interdependency that uh, each and every one of those uh, creatures they do have a purpose whether that purpose is to maintain and to enhance the biodiversity which is most cases is the case as well as that the uh, it also um, provides provides nourishment for others and all that stuff you know because it's it's a continuous cycle in which you know uh, these creatures would come and go and they would then they would fulfill their purpose and then and so on so um netherbooling then you know it's it's, it's it's really a uh i don't know uh, a lesson that is not that cannot be taught in just one setting mm-hmm. but rather uh, something in which you have to you have to carry it and enhance it through your entire life because your responsibility does not end just because you have uh, you you have short reverence to some other living entity but rather of ensuring that every action that one takes cannot cannot be transformed to be a negative in which it might compromise someone else's abilities not just to be able to sustain themselves but but also to be able to fulfill what their what their what their purpose is in this life so now i believe you know it's i think it it should be very much encouraging uh if if somehow that concept could be brought into our daily activities in conjunction with that with that concept of to why seem oh yes because you see uh with those two metaphors or whatever you want to call them i think it's 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 really a uh, a guiding principle or should be could be used as guiding principle as to how we go about drawing our short stay here of being able to of being able to be sustained but at the same time not to make not to and not and, I mean, and to make sure that as i am going about sustaining myself i have no right whatsoever to compromise the ecological integrity of the area and 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 now we have to conserve the resources with the with the cleansing capacity of the aboriginal mm-hmm. and that and that my responsibility is is to look seven generations ahead for that seven generations for for that length of time for them as well to be able to sustain themselves and at the same time uh be able to to learn to learn and to hear what the natural world is telling them and they in turn their responsibilities are no greater or less their responsibility has to be carried on of ensuring 
that their next seven generations will also have the same same opportunities as we have. And make an effort. Make an effort that their 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 opportunities could and hopefully would be greater than than what I have now. So that's the that's the overall objective. And it's a cycle from generation to generation. And I believe this is why I believe uh, I, I, I I believe wholeheartedly that um, it seems then that whenever whenever our natural world, whenever our mother earth is in trouble, we would be the first in the front line of of, of speaking up and 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 and, and to, not only to remind ourselves but to remind others of ensuring that we maintain the with the integrity of her because it's very it's very it's very it's very easy to to realize that if she is not healthy how can we humans be healthy? Because we solely depend upon her for everything. Even though now we might have been we might we, we were somewhat we have become distracted recently with the advancement of science and technology in which most of us are pretty well comfortable in believing that science has somehow managed to transform our world into human creation. But obviously that's not that's not possible. Uh, look at the situation we are currently in. Yeah. Where we science now? Hmm. How can science? How, how? How? Why? If this science is so great, how come science can, cannot cannot deal with this deal deal with deal with this crisis that we're having now? So I believe this is something in which that um, the Aboriginal peoples of the world have tried for, for a long period of time of trying to uh, get that messages across. But somehow, and each time we were, we were silenced because we are so few in numbers. And just changing subject a little bit, you know, I believe uh, to me or to us here that in light of what's happening now with this, um, with this virus, to us, it's not no. It's just, it's just. It to, to, to us, it, 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 it is, is, it is meant for us to self-reflect mm. and see, and really, and seriously look, 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 look how, look, 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 look how we got here, and look at, look at, look at what, what, what the, what the, what the, what the health repercussions are to our natural world. Mm. Let's reflect and admit to our inactions, to our silences, and to our denials. We have allowed others to compromise the ecological integrity of the area. We have allowed others to compromise the cleansing capacity of the system. So now, she cannot 
regenerate herself fast enough because of the rate of extraction. She cannot cleanse herself because of the rate of toxins being pumped into the air into the water. So what? What does that? You know, where would that leave us? I guess you know. So if and when, if we can somehow humble ourselves and put our fingers in a victory, victory, victory form, and 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 and, and see ourselves as we actually are now on a crossroad. One, one road. We have we we have a prerogative. Is it going is it going to be business as usual? And if it's business as usual, well, yeah, we we know what we know what the outcome of that one would be. Oh yeah. But I, but I believe if 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 it's going to be a total reflection, and really look at some of the some of the some of the mistakes, some of the things that have been done in the past and transform those as lessons learned and to abide by and to abide by those lessons I believe that we will we will stand a chance because I don't believe that you know uh, in my in my in my culture there is no such word as end of the world mm. the world will not end only people will will be gone. I know that's going away from the subject. We'll just maybe jump right there. Is about when when Mother Earth is unwell, um, and you talk about this situation we're in today, this virus, uh, how it presents an opportunity to change our ways, to really transform how we have been um, harming the ecological and cleansing integrity of the environment. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really wondering if you could uh, share a bit more along that line because we have this opportunity to change our behavior and adapt. You know, really it's about adaptation so that we can help the land heal and help ourselves heal. Okay. Uh, from, the, uh, from, the, um, from that perspective, I think it made it more difficult. Hmm. Without looking at uh, how, how did... How did we get here? And uh, what were what were the instruments of guiding us into this into this into this uh, state of destruction? And I would have to seriously look at it. not total blame on it, but uh, I, would, I would seriously look at it as a, as an instrument, though, which which would be then research. Yes. Now I don't know if I don't know. If, how many times you might have heard about um, from us saying we have been researched to death, mm-hmm. but now we want to research ourselves back to life because research is research is a wonderful tool. If somehow if we can somehow get some kind of a, a dialogue going with the researcher beforehand and. See if they would be possibly interested of looking at it from a, from 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 an inside perspective. Then all your perspectives has to be centered around that perspective. On, on that, for example, 
mean by insight? Hmm. You know, there's got to be feelings, emotions, and of course thoughts. Uh, as to how you can get to know someone or something much more than what you know what you what you really see or what's been you know what I mean so in other words uh, again there's another word that we we employ and we we sometimes remind people that um, to us what really constitutes a real relationship mm. and that is the exchange of stories mm. because from these from because it's, because it's from from this exchange of stories we will know who we are where we come from and why we are here and after that after the dialogue concludes we will clearly know where are we going now to date that where are we going has not been discussed to any length because the um, the eurocentric system and the aboriginal knowledges have not been implicated to any degree so far so we can't even talk about where are we going because we haven't even settled on the, on the first tree yet where, where, who, who we are, where we come from and why we are here. So unless there is some concerted effort made, which, which is really going to be part and parcel of our, of our, um, of our survival here, you know, I mean, I mean, you, I'm sure you have heard so many times about, um, uh, certain prophecies from certain cultures mm. and, and one of our main prophecies of course which is pretty much universal and that is when all peoples come together the black the red the white and the yellow and they start and, and, and they start talking as to how not only how they can coexist that's the easy part but to begin to to get to enter into these dialogues. So each each race will be able to bring forth the gifts, the gifts that they have been given. And and in which those gifts could be could be very, very beneficial and effective. Maybe to my ear, even though they might be from on the other side of the world. So inclusion then I think has to be something in which out of, the, out of that reflection has to be has to be now because see to up to date uh, even human humans don't have rights corporations have bigger rights now these things have to change and if they don't well you know might as well just submit and 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 and, 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 and get ready for the for the day for the doomsday so to speak but so, but anyway, I, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity. Now, again, I talk about research. Research has to do a lot of transformation as well, because, as I said, uh, is it is, is it accidental that uh, 
you know, I mean, and and without them even realizing that the flow of knowledge is much different, is much different from each culture. For example, ours, our culture was never written, was always trans transmitted orally. Now, if if that person is prepared to invoke, not their suspicion, but their true I see him, he said, you know, maybe, maybe uh, I'm quite comfortable in the methodology as how one, how, how subjects can be, could be substantiated, could be, could be authenticated. But here is something in which um, it has not been written. So, how do I truly, how do I truly know that the subject matter I'm receiving is authentic, accurate, and sacred? That, you know, that, that, then that will break down the relationship. But, uh, for us it's very simple because, um, whenever there is, whenever there is a, an investigation of any kind, especially here in Unamagi, mm -hmm. When a researcher comes into our area, they will talk to this one individual. And this one individual, of course, will ask, you know, what, what's, what's the subject matter here? Second point to be stressed would be that, uh, you know, we, we recommend that you have to take in two from each community, so 10 people minimum. And the purpose for that minimum, of course, is to ensure that the information that you will be receiving will be authentic, accurate, and sacred to, to, to the best of that group's ability. So it's not a question of uh, ethics or ethics. It's a question of um, this information would be accurate and authentic to the best of, to the best of this uh, present generation. Because if we begin to uh, if we begin to alter it or change it, it will no longer be considered traditional knowledge. Mm. Yeah, Albert, I remember you talking about this uh, when we very had our very first conversation earlier this year. Um, it was just after the new year, I, I recall, and. Uh, because we were talking about research from, you know, Dalhousie, from my perspective of a student here, I, re I distinctly remember your saying to really have um, valuable exchange of stories to bring together two people from each community, the 10 people minimum. Um, and now that you've had a chance to explain this even more, the authentic, accurate and sacred stories, um, that exchange is so important, isn't it? Like the exchange between people in the communities as well as between research and people being part of the research. Our, our thinking is very much circular. Mm. Simply put, you think from your, from your heart, mind, spirit, and body. Mm. You know what I mean? So, uh, so unless those indicators are, 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 are evident, then I think it would be justifiable for 
anyone to remind the researcher that, you know, I'm sorry, but we have been researched to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is the only, this is, this, this is only way we can research ourselves back to life. Mm. If all those indicators, if all those indicators were, were part and parcel of our exchange, because you see, again, um, the research will generate policies, right? Yeah. And policies will generate programs. And once that program gets into that into that point, what are the possibilities of of altering it or changing it? Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be very difficult. So to ensure that uh, when you get to that point, it it's going to be a mutual understanding, mutual uh, exchanges. Otherwise, um, you know, it, it might not it might not meet those criteria. I, I think that's a really good segue or or an opportunity, Albert, for me to uh, elaborate or just share what the intention of um, this recording, this interview, and this research is to also share back by using the internet, you know, in this way that we. Um, can't connect in person um, as much as before or hopefully in the future we will be back to that but sharing um, these stories and this exchange of stories on the internet is another way that I hope uh, the university is giving back to your community and the communities of other Aboriginal groups that we are um, able to share the stories with yes and I believe uh I believe, I hope, I, and I do hope that um, that the universities will also be engaging themselves in some kind of a transformative changes mm -hmm. in which uh, <clears throat> they, they will seriously look at their total system and, 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 and make some concerted effort as to how they can now uh, at least make some attempts of integrating other ways of knowing, especially in Aboriginal ways of knowing, especially in this geographic area, make more ways of knowing, mm -hmm. and, and make, make a very profound effort of integrating those two different ways of knowing. Because um, demographically, we have to admit we are the fastest growing population. And whether people think superiorly or inferiorly, we have to bear in mind. If you're a young individual, if you're a non if you're a non Caucasian person and you are somewhat full of full, full of these prejudices or whatever, you better you better remember that who's going to mind you when you're when you're in your when you're in your uh, uh, care when you get old mm -hmm. who's going to be looking after you who's mm -hmm. going to look after you but you know but that that, 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 that that's humor that, that's not a fact but what I'm saying is that you know 
unless, you know, there is going to be some concerted effort made as to why, why is it, why is there, why is there such a drive of trying to suppress, trying to ignore the Aboriginal ways of known into the institutions? Now, without, without seeking a direct answer, I think, you know, we can begin to, um, work together and bring forth those perspectives in which they would be heavily, heavily uh, weighed down with, with both knowledge, not just with one, not just with one. That's my, that's my dream anyway, that's my hope anyway, that, because uh, what it really says to me is that when this being done at this, at this, at this manner here, here, I know that uh, at least from the scientific uh, perspective, we can practically prove that we have been here 15,000 years or more. Now, by suppressing, by our knowledge is being suppressed and ignored, what are they really saying? They're really saying that the knowledge that, the knowledge that was gathered through those many years has no relevance today. That's, that, that's a statement that the universities are made. Now, once you, once you deliver that message, how can, how can anyone then expect those Aboriginal students to excel? Because they have been damaged, they have been, they have been, um, ignored, suppressed, and so on. So, I believe that, I hope anyway, that this will give us an opportunity now and to really reflect <clears throat> of not only how we got here, but what was missing and what needs to be included as we want to be moving into the future. That's my only hope. And I believe research can do that. Highlight And this is, and that, and that's, and that, and that's what we, that's what I, that's what I would call ethical space. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's very hopeful. I share that hope so much. I, I feel so privileged that when you came to visit at Dalhousie in February, and I'm sure in previous times that you've come to speak, um, to the students, you've inspired people to come and listen to your words and really think about how that transformation takes place. I'm just a conduit to that knowledge. Mm. It, is not a, it, it is not mine. I'm just a conduit to it. So I have no right whatsoever to, to take claim, claim over it. I'm just a conduit to it. You really speak up about it. You had mentioned silence. Uh, it's so important to challenge that silence and to um, to make sure that you're using your voice about this. I think that's, if I could say, that's been one of your life's work to uh, continue using your voice to speak up for this. Well, unfortunately, 
taking it to Fort today, that's all I have. Mm. Because I, I have to admit, even without shame, that I cannot, I cannot write in English. One reason is that uh, I cannot spell. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I feel I don't have uh, uh, an adequate control or understanding of the English English grammar for me to try to uh, show. But I try, I try to at least try to do it with, with my voice. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it with my with my hands, with my pen. Mm. But that's 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 uh, one of the handicaps I have is that I cannot I cannot transform my thoughts into a written text mm. and expect any audience to be able to understand them. Well, um, that's a big reason uh, why sharing these stories orally is, is so important um, because it's a way your, your words, even as a conduit, uh, can reach large amounts of people, you know, through, hopefully through the internet, through, like, we're conversing on the telephone here. Um, that's my, my hope with this work, and Sherry Pictou herself has really um, inspired me to use... Uh, mediums like the telephone, uh, podcast, it's almost like radio in a, in a sense, um, as ways of sharing and amplifying people's stories. So um, she's teaching me how to do this in a way within the institution, within the university, um, to say, well, if you do do these recordings, just like radio, this uh, counts towards part of your education. And, and now the university is having to do that for everybody. Uh, online classes, online videos. You know, I hope soon as well that the, um, the universities will at least start uh, applying some helping hand of um, uh, complete this uh, reconnection. Mm. And, that, and the greater part, of course, that's missing is that uh, the language. Yeah. Um, even though in a lot of degrees now we are using English to teach Mi'kmaq. And if that continues much further, our language should be gone, even though it'll be spoken. Because the spirit will not be here. So I believe um, universities, the institutions could make a, a, very, a very profound. Um, way of helping us and that and that is to uh, not only include but integrate our 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 way of knowing into the institution through the language because right now as i see it uh, there's only a very small percentage percentage of us that can actually speak and much more comfortable speak an inmate mark than i am in english and, and if that's if that's gone, yes, we will speak in Mi'kmaq, but use in English. Now these 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 points, I believe, has to be taken very very seriously because it's not it's not a question of uh, who's an Indian and who isn't. But what the point here is that you know, 
one who's talking about Nigma concepts. It has to come from the language itself, not from another concept. And I think that's something that needs to be stressed over and over again. While there is an opportunity now, because um, that opportunity is, is disappearing on a daily basis, and nothing has been done to date to capture the spirit of that, of that language, meaning that um, there is nothing in place in which when these young people want to reconnect, they would have a point of reference. There is no point of reference in which young people can, can do research about their language, about their, about their, about their culture, about their ceremonies, because uh, there, there, there isn't any. Now, with the help of all of us, institutions and everyone else, I believe we can achieve that. But this is something that's going to be too, too much burdensome on one. But if it's done collectively, I think it can be done. And I don't, you see, it's very difficult for me to understand. Here, ideally, in Nova Scotia, I don't know how many universities we have, including part of greater part of New I don't know how many universities we are talking about here. Mm. But I would also have to say that none of them actually have many, had made any concerted effort of actually trying to integrate of who we are into the institution. And, and, and the question that comes down to us is why? Why is there such a reluctance? Why is there such a fear? Is it a fear that uh, if they were to integrate uh, more Aboriginal ways of knowing into the Eric-centric system, it will, it will, it will compromise the essence of the spirit of that of that system. What is it? Now, how can we truly and honestly ask these questions without anyone going on the defensive? Hmm. I hear you that it brings up um, people's defenses because it challenges, like you say, at the core of it, these institutions began um, by colonizing institutions and to really decolonize research and the whole institution of universities will require some critical looking at, at transformative change. As well as covenant of transformation. Mm. Yeah. That has to go in hand. Yeah. Without a covenant of transformation, the other part just part of falls under the field. Very good points, Albert. Yes. This is really at the core of, of this interview and at the core of this work here is uh, working towards decolonizing um, people, self, myself, others who listen to this. Um, and hopefully, you know, through conversations with you and other people that I interview, um, we're, we're able to amplify those voices. And put them out there. So that that's the end of my questions for you, Albert. Which I feel that you've answered them so honestly. So well, I well. I, I, I do apologize for taking you all over the all over the. <laughs> it's been a great trip. <laughs> but, 
But you know, um, this um, this exchange of story, and it's really, uh, it's really very, very could be, could be. Uh, it is very, very effective. That when when you put a fact into research, you actually are putting blinders on. But if you were to, inc- but if you were to include or integrate insights. Especially to the Aboriginal people, because every information will always be presented in the form of a story, rather than I telling you this is a fact. I am giving you a prerogative to extract what you will need from these stories that I've been telling you. In other words, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that you can, because I have given you more than, more than what you would have, more than what you would have required or asked when you were constructing your, your fact, your factual questions. Mm. Because now the flow of information is going to be based on insight. That is heart and mind and soul. Well, Alain, Yes. Well, uh, well, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Albert. Good morning, Thank you. Okay. Well, well I wish that you have a, a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Wow. What a fantastic, hopeful, and inquisitive conversation. I had a lot of fun, and I enjoyed hearing directly from Elder Albert Marshall on his encouragement about this method of story exchange and how it can really provide insights into research. Um, Elder Albert Marshall, as many people who um, are familiar with his work, know that he lectures internationally, both within the academic institutions as well as in communities, um, particularly his Mi'kmaq indigenous communities. And in our conversation, he asked quite a few rhetorical questions, like, is the university, quote unquote, that being all academic communities, Um, fearful, resistant, and suppressing indigenous ways of knowing. Uh, And he also called to attention our current situation with the virus and the opportunities that we have right now to be reflecting and contemplating a transformative future. He said that we are really at a crossroads right now. So um, with that, I'm just going to close with a little hint of the next episode of the podcast. Um, This work is really as part of my research in decolonizing myself as well as decolonizing research um, that's been really encouraged by two wonderful teachers um, within the Dalhousie and academic institution communities. Uh, That's Dr. Melanie Zerba and Dr. Sherry Picto. Uh, And both of them have been instrumental in my uh, getting to know Elder Albert Marshall. And uh, so they're both really familiar with his work and I hope have really enjoyed listening to this podcast too. So I can't wait to bring you another conversation on our next episode. Um, That's all I say for now, but it will be a very interesting and somewhat different conversation than the ones we've been having over the last three episodes. So something new, something experimental, uh, something decolonizing coming up next. Thanks so much for your time, for listening to these stories, for being a part of the process and take care. Have a wonderful day.